Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things mecha. Jump ship incoming. Yeah, I, I was about to try start us off. Okay, I can start singing again. Don't don't give him any time. Inspirational, inspirational. All right, no more cold opens. Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, <laughs> <laughs> episode forty-five. Yes. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm one of your hosts, Brian. And uh, I'm Chopper. I'm Rob. And we're here to talk about all sorts of giant robot stuff. So without further ado, let's go to the dropship. It's always the shortest Dude, jump ship so in- intro. Is this Brian just trying to keep know. it as short as possible? He yeah. Just, he just, no, he's got no banter in him. It's no, just, no banter because we got so much to talk about. Hold the banter before we start. <laughs> dropship landing. I have a metal one. You should get a bamboo one. They're much, they're much nicer. This one's and extends and, and retracts. The head on this scratch. one's plastic. Oh, that felt good. Okay, I'm recording again. <laughs> I ain't got any scratch in my back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and welcome to the dropship, <laughs> where we talk about what we're working on. Uh, and not not just that we're scratching backs. Uh, so so Rob, you were the first one to scratch your back. So what have you been working on? <laughs> I've been doing a few three uh, D printing projects. Um, I uh, my buddy Jack sent me a three D printing file he found on the internet called an armadillo, and it's a giant mech, very Metal Gear Solid looking, and uh, mm. he's cool and it lots of little cool pieces. It's almost like makes a little kit. Uh, he said he got it from some place that does like free free STLs every month or something. And usually he doesn't care about them, but he saw this one and he thought I'd like it, so I got it. And I printed it, and oh, it nice. was cool. It's quite tall. I'd say it's probably, I don't know, tall. <laughs> probably <laughs> maybe five inches tall. How, how long so, did it take you to, to print? It's quite tall. It's 6'2". 6'2". <laughs> it's, it's actually me. I'm now a uh, 3D printed mech. Uh, it t- took probably a couple days. Didn't take that long. 3D pr- uh, resin printer. Didn't take that long. Gotcha. Uh, I think the longest piece was the body itself, and that was probably, I think, six or seven hours. So I gotcha. do a, a bunch of bits at the same time, so it's nice on 3D. On the resin one, as long as you have can feel your base, it's only the height that matters. So, mm-hmm. And the second it, thing, what? I was just going to say, it's still kind of funny to me that I haven't I haven't hit that, that uh, point yet where, like, uh, like several days uh, worth of printing is not uh, a long time. <laughs> like, to me, it. that's still, like, a day is still, like, a long one. Oh, yeah. I don't do anything that long anymore. Uh, a friend of ours just printed up the Daily Bugle that was part of some Patreon, and it took him 24 hours. I'm like, no way. I, 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 first of all, I don't think it would ever finish. I would always think it would fail halfway through. Like, I don't yeah. trust the, them enough to uh, let something go that long. And I don't have the patience. <laughs> uh, case in point, the second thing I printed was uh, John Bear Ross, a listener of the show. He, has, he had a uh, Kickstarter a long time ago doing Viper suits. And he just put out, I think it might be the last of the ones that were part of the Kickstarter, called the Marine Viper suit. It's like mech suits. Oh, They do 15mm and 20mm scales. And uh, I believe this is 15mm, but it's quite tall. Uh, but I did that one all in one bed. So it's all just in one print, which I like doing. It's fun. Yeah. You, you get the whole thing all at once. You don't have to wait. 
but it was small enough that it, I could get it all in one bed. Uh, other than that, I haven't painted anything in forever. I have to start painting again. I say that every month, and eventually I will actually paint something. <laughs> but for me, I think that is it. I, I did 3D print a dragon, but I don't think that's uh, in our purview. It's like a kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as I How make a you, neck fight it, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the curriculum. Oh, okay. Pat? Yes, sir. What did you do? Uh, I moved back into my house last week, so I haven't done anything. Well, I'm glad you're back in your house. Yeah, we are still uh, re... Well, when I say we, I mean really my wife is really uh, putting this place back together. Uh, We're just trying to make everything back to normal, and once that's done, then I can actually get back downstairs, and I can start hiding again. Was it a good remodel, at least? It was a good remodel. Everything turned out great. We are very, very happy with what uh, we got done, but, uh, you know, as it is right now, everything is scattered amongst the rooms downstairs in the basement. My office is a combination of mechs and pots and pans. <laughs> Some might say the same thing. <laughs> so, so, again, uh, I've just been hampered by the, the remodeling. So, I mean... There, there'll be a day again when I start to when I start to hobby again. I really want to because I've seen John Bear's uh, Viper thing, and I wanted to print that. And then I saw the thing that Jack put up, and then I was like, I want to print that too. But I can't get to downstairs yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got everything in front of my printers right now, so I'm sad. No, gotcha. that's too bad. Soon, <laughs> we, hopefully we, soon. We feel for you. Not really. You have no excuse. Go do it. You're just too busy uh, sitting gonna, in your new kitchen. We're about to get that, that warm spell, so you know, yeah. just move everything out into the lawn. It'll be yeah, fine there. Right. You got a whole garage. Just put it in the garage. <laughs> Although the if you're going to go to the garage, you might as well go to the basement. It's the same distance. So. <laughs> anyway. So uh, did, did we get to Brian? Is it Brian's turn to tell us what he's done? I believe it is. Sure. What have you done? So I've been doing... Prep for Adepticon uh, for some of the other non-sci-fi projects. Um, so I, I honestly haven't done much that falls under this purview. Um, but I, I will say, like, part of it did involve printing and painting. Uh, what's the Armada scale? Like, what would that count as? Um, oh, that's a hard one. That's fleet. We're talking... Basically, it, it's a it's a like sailing battleship type game uh, from Mantic. It's a fantasy based one, um, but I but I mention it just because like the the I, I found that I'm really really comfortable painting like 28 millimeter things. Well, yeah, it's based on whatever like yeah, black sails. I think yeah, so black sails one seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, I had 3D printed. Um, the fortresses for for um, the the Armada Adepticon tournament, and so I I went around painting those, and so that was that was a just from a from a hobby perspective that was a little uh, different for me to to kind of you know play around with painting a, a different scale. Um, I haven't I don't do much different <laughs> things. Um, I I found that twenty eight millimeters kind of like my my nice little niche. That I like, um, but it was good to to practice, you know, some other stuff. So, but otherwise, like that really doesn't fall under mechs. 
Uh, so I haven't worked on anything that really qualifies as that. No. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, like it's, I said, pretty soon it's that it'll time. warm up. I'll be able to prime some stuff without it freezing. So that'll be nice. So yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I've been able to get away with doing some of that, like in my basement, where it's just like spray a quick thing, and then I have a, like a box that yeah, I can I kind of put a little lid on it. <laughs> I don't have a basement, unfortunately. So yeah, but um, but yeah, so that that concludes the dropship, uh, <laughs> and so next up we will move into the Comstar section of the show. Message from Comstar. I'm Brian, and I'm Rick. From Dead Zone, the podcast. And you're listening to... Mobile Armor Radio. Jump into the Comstar. It's like the car wash. But uh, the Comstar is the section of the show where we talk about TVs, movies, books, comics, RPGs, and pretty much everything else under the sun that's not literally building these things. Uh, And so I'm going to pass it off to Pat this time. Um, Obviously, the remodel interrupts (laughs) some stuff, but uh, have you been able to, like watch or read anything or get some gaming in like on your phone while you're waiting for your house to get cleaned up? Uh, no, not too much. Uh, again, we're at a time where work when I'm not at home fixing the remodel or being kicked out of my house, work is very short uh, at the hospital. So uh, overtime has been, what do you want to say? Very lucrative. And so it's hard to, it's hard to say no to that. So, uh, I haven't seen any new shows. Uh, I'm still waiting for some of the other ones to continue. I finished, uh, the second version of Jen, Jen Lock. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing out for Mex right now. I'm still waiting for Berserk Rim to come back again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose I could have did a deep dive on Netflix one day, but I just didn't because I'm trying to keep up with all the other new shows. Yeah. Um, it's tricky these days. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of things out there. It's, it's uh, you know, hard, spoiled for choice, really. It is really. So uh, I did, I will say I did mess around with some old Star Frontiers Nighthawks, which was kind of like their ship-based combat that TSR made back in the day since we're talking about uh, uh, myself and another person are doing old, old RPG stuff by reading Dragon Magazine. So it sparked my interest in my, one of the games that they put out. And uh, We haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't got there yet, but it, I knew that's where we were coming. So this leads up to Max because – of uh, as you know, me and Rob and a couple of people, we played a mecha hack game uh, one off just for fun. Uh, the trap rules and we thoroughly enjoyed it, and I want to continue doing some more of those mecha hack campaigns. So I was kind of looking through, I'm trying to get some. Oh, that's good. I use I, old, yeah. I yeah, I'm trying to get some ideas on because I'm having a hard time trying to piece together a story right now that doesn't sound like a Pacific Rim or a. Ultraman or a Battletech novel, uh, you know? Yeah, it's neat. So, you, you could just, like, take some of the scenarios and instead of starships, you just add mechs into it. And yeah. So I kind of, cool. I kind of, you know, I went old school and kind of just seeing as reading some of those old things would uh, stir the creative pot in my brain. <laughs> so that's kind of what's been taking up a lot of my reading time is uh, old stuff like that. Uh, somewhat, somewhat mech related because I want to, 
move this mecha hack, mecha hack game that we've we tried for because it was a good time. We had a good time. Yeah, for sure. We gotta get once again. We gotta set more time to play more RPGs. It's just yeah. One of those things. Got to time. Find the times and the so, people. The people at the same time. That's the main main problem. We all have time and like Pat and I hang out quite often. And then sometimes Jack's there, some you know, like certain people are there. Yeah. But we just need enough people at the same time to be there at the same <laughs> to play an RPG. And, and, that, and that's the biggest that's the trick. Making sure that everyone is has has the same time off. Yeah, it's like available the same yeah. night or same time. Yeah. So. Yep. So, uh, but as far as that, that's pretty much all. I didn't really watch much of anything. I didn't uh, uh, read too much other than trying to figure this thing out. I've been kind of on my off time just kind of making my notes fleshing out my scenario world uh for this mecha hack game so uh, but that's it cool how about you rob uh well i have been doing i have watched something but first i'll go through some of the news the uh there's a lot of news somebody uh somebody posted on our our um what's it called facebook, facebook group yeah that there's Magic the Gathering's gonna have mechs in it. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Kamagawa Neon Dynasty is the new uh, set, I guess, and it has mechs in it, and it's cyberpunk setting. I will not get into Magic the Gathering again. <laughs> it ruined my life before. It will not ruin my life again. <laughs> yeah, I, that's not enough to be when I get back into Magic. But I will be honest with you: the one card that was posted, I wasn't too impressed with the way the mechs look. Yeah, they're kind of like. Uh, Little more anime style, kind of like almost paper mache looking mix. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was just uh, that one, but uh, who knows? I don't know. I'll never know. It'll never know. <laughs> uh, also, for for Brian, do you have a switch, Brian? I do have a switch. Well, Front Mission is coming to Switch. Are you except excited? Yeah, about that? I'm I not, am actually. I don't have a I'd, Switch. I'd... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Well, you could get a Switch just mm-hmm. to play this game. No, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so so you're gonna get it, I assume. I think they're they're remastering the first and second one, and I think they're doing a new one. That's the rumor. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, as I understand it, too, the uh, it's it's either I think it is a remaster as opposed to just a straight port of the the first couple of games. So that's pretty exciting. I actually have only played the third one. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, listeners will remember that I, I did really enjoy it uh, as a good, like, tactical, uh, stompy robot kind of battle game. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to check out these these old blasts from the past. Yeah, should be interesting. We'll see. Nintendo, how like, they, like the, when they made that announcement, they were, like, announcing left and right, like, a whole bunch of remasters of old games and stuff. So it was like, wow. Uh, Nintendo likes to do that. Yeah, especially for the Switch. Strangely, it's easy for them to just port something back onto the Switch that used to have on PS One or whatever. Though, though we'll have to see how things go because uh, <laughs> for for those that have been paying attention to video game remasters lately, it's it's kind of been rocky um, with like the the Grand Theft Auto one. Oh, really? Looked terrible. Uh, like, like visually, mm. uh, like what they, what they did to try to remaster it just made the game look worse than it did <laughs> when it originally came out. Um, 
And even Nintendo, uh, I think they did, I think it was Ocarina of Time, got a remaster. And, like, the the visuals on it were just really bizarre at times. Hmm. Um, people were people have been upset. <laughs> um, in some cases, you might you might argue justifiably so. <laughs> but um, so we'll, we'll see how these these other ones go. Uh, hopefully it goes well. That's cool. Uh, the last bit of news is that uh, Monster Fight Club is now doing miniatures for Catalyst Games for Battletech. Uh, the new modular ones that uh, Creative Juggernaut did before, but they aren't doing them anymore for some reason. We don't know why, but uh, they're moving on to do... They did some scenic bases and stuff, so I don't know if they're going on to that kind of stuff. But uh, Yeah, so Monster Fight Club released a... Uh, a Wolfhound 2C, that's all modular for, uh, they call it, I think they call it Deluxe uh, on Catalyst Games, and it sold out within seconds, and they said they had four times the amount that they had of the Creative Juggernaut stuff, and it still sold out quick. But hopefully it's uh, going to be able to be produced uh, again. Hopefully it's not just a one shot. And it was also a better price. It was only 10 bucks, and the other one was like 28 or something like that, so it was a lot cheaper too. So It's... Uh, it's the beginning of modular mechs in Battletech. They're they're testing the waters. Obviously, there's a want for it since it sells out so quick every time. That uh, I'm sure we'll see more. And Monster Fight Club are the one. They also did uh, Cyberpunk miniatures. They're they're kind of new on new on the mm-hmm. scene for uh, making miniatures, but they have some quite big licenses. So that's interesting. Yeah. I I don't. They didn't do the. I have it here somewhere. I don't even know where I put it. Uh, they somebody made the uh, I wonder if it was them who made the sh- uh, Shadowrun miniature box set that was just released a couple of years ago. Um, they might have actually. It might have been them too, yeah. So they probably do have a relationship with Catalyst, and I also assume that Monster Fight Club makes their miniatures in China, where the uh, Creative Juggernaut was USA tried to be based, and obviously you can't make it enough of them, a and at the correct price. They I think China has the market on that, unfortunately, but. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. This is the beginning of more modular mechs. I'm not too crazy about modular mechs. I'm not a WYSIWYG kind of guy. I don't really care that much. And, you know, I, I think that... Uh, I don't mind I don't mind a modular mech. Sometimes it's just fun to have your mechs look a little bit different. Yeah, but that's what 3D printing's for. <laughs> I think that's a... It's it's an old way of thinking, personally. I think it's going the, going away. That, that's kind of funny because I I do I, I do kind of fall in that category of like like in the modularity of things. That's why like a lot of my like all my striders for Dead Zone are magnetized, so I can swap pieces out and whatnot. So uh, I enjoy that kind of stuff. That's a big. That's a much bigger scale though. These these are pretty small. True. Like, these are like twenty eight mil. It's it's like swapping out weapons on a on a uh, hero for D and D or something. Like the, that's yeah those. That would be some really tiny magnets. <laughs> exactly. So it's. I think it's a little more, a little smaller. I think the larger scales, sure. Yeah, I like the variety, but like, because they're like kits, then right? They're like, but mm-hmm. on the miniature, it's. I'd rather they just make like ten different variants of the mech cheap, and you can just choose which one you want instead of building one that costs more. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, it at that price point, it seems to me that they could build a whole set of them for. Although ten bucks is probably about the going price for for mechs nowadays, even in, even non modular ones. So, like if you go to Ironwind Metals, they're about that price anyway. So, that price, I don't think it's a problem. That they could do what they want at that price, but <laughs> it's it's it just reminds me of uh, trying sure. to 
to to glue together Infinity miniatures. So that's the only. I think that really soured me on trying to <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> finicky miniatures. Like that's that's a problem. Anyways, uh, enough in the news. What I have been doing though, I have actually watched most of Exo Squad. We talked about it last month, and I was like, hey, yeah, maybe I will go out back and watch that. I remember it fondly, and it is much better than I even remember. It, it's a, it's such a good show. It uh, it was the first like attempt at a Japanese style cartoon in the U.S. It was ninety three to ninety four. It was only two seasons, and I think it was pretty ahead of its time. But they they said they it was purposely made to be like Japanese anime, and I think that shows in the the quality of the storytelling. The art is, you know, 90s art. Luckily, it didn't have any CGI, like Battletech, which came out... Battletech came out, like, the month after this ended, which was kind of funny. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, and then Battletech, they tried that whole CGI thing, which was terrible, and it really ruined the show. I think that show would be a lot fond, more fondly remembered if it was all hand-drawn anime, or hand-drawn animation for the fights and stuff, instead of trying to shove in that CGI stuff. But uh, yeah, Exo Squad. For anybody who doesn't know, it's in uh, it's a, like a war between humanity and Neo Sapiens, which they created as slaves, and they rebelled, and now they're they're. This is actually after rebellion, and they they start a new war. It's kind of fun. It's episodic, which is very interesting for '93 and '94. Like that never happened back then. Lots of deaths, like booby trapped bodies. Yeah, like it was crazy. I forgot about that. I forgot about that cartoon. Yeah, like it's it's so. It's so adult, like for for the time, and it uh, a lot of themes like racism, slavery, shows brutality of war, a lot of political intrigue, betrayal, like all the times humans are backstabbing each other. It's it's and even the uh, Neo, Neo sapiens backstab each other, so it's it's really interesting, <laughs> and it's definitely into, influenced by Robotech, Votoms, BattleTech. Like I, you can see a lot of BattleTech in it, and uh, and actually the toy line eventually had some BattleTech designs in it. It was like cross promoted with BattleTech. So, and uh, and even the creator said that he want he based it on uh, Mobile Suit Gundam too, which makes sense. It's the idea of showing war how it really is, and uh, yeah, uh, quality dropped off in season two a bit, like the art wise, but the story was still pretty pretty good. I think they I, they must have the first season was only thirteen episodes, I think, and then the second season's thirty nine episodes. So I think to make uh. more episodes, they got cheaper for the art. So. But I, I wonder if it's one of those things where, like, it's really common with TV shows where they you have more money for the pilot to prove that it works, and then they scale back your budget for the next season to see if yeah. you could do it for less. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's exactly what it was. And uh, uh, by the end of it, I guess the reason it got taken off the air, it wasn't that it was doing poorly. It's just there was a, a change in management. And I guess at, at uh, I think it was – who made that show? I can't even remember now. But they uh, they didn't want this more adult kind of cartoon like for kids, so they kind of shoved it on like four a.m. on <laughs> channels and stuff, and just killed it. So by the end, it the ratings just dropped like a cliff. And no, I tell you, these, uh, these TV management guys just—it was Universal Cartoon Studios and AKOM. Yeah, there you go. But it's uh. Yeah, and the toy line is pretty cool. Now it's hard to get those toys because uh, people love them, so they're they're really collectible. But uh, it is cool. It, it is funny that they made a toy line for such a like pretty deep war story. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's lots of deaths. I'm not not joking about the deaths. And some of them are like, are you just allowed to kill these people? Like, you, they don't you know they don't show blood or anything. But 
people yes, just get blasted are. away. It's just, I was just amazed. And, uh, or, or there's like second season went off the rails a bit. Went a little GI Joe with, uh, in the cartoon where they later seasons, they had strange things like mutants and stuff in the, uh, in this, the second season has some mutants, but they're straight up like just w- pulling people underwater and you never see those people again. <laughs> it's not like a GI Joe where you see a parachute. <laughs> there's no, they're just gone. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been enjoying that. I'm almost done. I think I've got about six episodes left. And it's and I guess it wraps up too, which is nice. They uh, wrapped up the series because I guess they must have saw the writing on the wall, and it uh, supposedly has a pretty good ending. So I'm gonna watch the end of it soon. So that's what I've been watching. What about you, Brian? You got anything? Nice. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things. Um, for one, uh, I think I posted it in the Facebook group, but wanted to to put a shout out there to um, I believe it was Funimation is posting uh, the episodes for uh, Samurai 7. Mm. Now, if you if you haven't seen this show, uh, imagine, if you will, like the setting for that board game Scythe, mm-hmm. where, where there's like just, it's kind of a steampunk giant mecha um, setting. And I, I mean giant mechas um, that are flying. And, uh, and then there's some robot people um, but it basically does a, a, an adaptation of the, the story of Seven Samurai, um, or, or for those in the American audience, uh, you know, the Magnificent Seven. Um, it's a, uh, really good retelling of, of that, that story, but it does expand upon it and goes, goes beyond it. You get a lot more insight, um, cause obviously it's a, being a show as opposed to a Akira Kurosawa movie, um, you know they they have uh, the ability to go into the motivations of a lot of the characters a bit more, and um, and and with the the setting uh, being kind of you know more fantastical, uh, there's some really creative things that they do with it. I believe it was uh, a Gonzo animation back when they were like. Uh, you know, firing on all cylinders. Like this is around the time like Erica Seven came out, um, and a lot of other shows like that. Um, so def- <laughs> definitely check it out. It, it kind of falls into that more fantasy uh, mecha uh, trope, but uh, you know, it's it's definitely worth seeing. Like especially if you like Seven uh, Samurai, especially if you like Seven Samurai, <laughs> you should check out Samurai Seven. And what is it on? Uh, this is a. Uh, Funimation is posting it on YouTube oh, for people to watch. Nice. So check that out. Uh, I love the uh, when these companies post old shows on YouTube. It's like it's not making them any money anymore. Might as well throw it up there for free. Maybe get some ad revenue. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, that, that's definitely among the shows that I I've been meaning to track down for the longest time. I had one volume of the show uh, back when they we're still doing that thing with anime where they were trying the Japanese way of selling you individual volumes, which was like four episodes. Um, most oh, of the yeah. anime industry in the States has shifted gears because everyone likes buying box sets like a sane person. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's definitely uh, one worth, worth checking out um, both from just really solid anime and really good mecha show. Um, and then another one that uh, popped up that I wanted to mention was there's uh, a new uh, little SD Gundam uh, 
<coughs> thing coming out. Uh, I know. Pat's, I'm, Pat's I'm the uh, hacking up. He's, he's uh, trying yeah, to, to expunge Pat it from him. SD stuff. <laughs> but yeah, SD Gundam Battle Alliance is coming uh, to the Nintendo Switch sometime this year. Uh, and it looks like a fun little cheesy game that I'm probably going to get and play with a bunch, a couple of my friends. Uh, it looks like they're doing um, a lot of the different shows. So you got uh, Classic Gundam going down you've got uh looks like some seed or seed destiny along with uh it looks like iron blooded's in there as well so all right yeah one of one of those one of those collection type games uh but it looks like it'll be a fun time and then i think that covers most of like the newsy news stuff that i had stumbled across um oh uh and one last thing There's been a game, uh, this is another one I posted on on the Facebook group. There had been a game that I, like, uh, was in early access for for quite a long time. Uh, Or, is it still called Greenlight on Steam? uh, Called Mechs vs. Kaijus. Mm -hmm. And it it officially released. (laughs) Oh, really? I haven't played it in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the, they uh, announced, or they officially launched the game. Um which is basically a little tower defense thing that looks really, really creative and, and fun. Yeah, you get two um, mechs. Yeah. I need to get my hands on it. I actually haven't bought it yet. Oh, I played it when it was, when we first talked about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think I brought it up when it was still yeah, in early by, access. It's made by the same people that played that other uh, mech game that we talked about uh, with the different tanks. Someone help me out here. Yeah, I thought that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I'm trying to. Remember. The only tank game that pops in my head is Valkyria Chronicles, and that is no, definitely this was not like these little, days. No, it, it was like a small grid. Grid, yeah. Made by the same people that make Into the Breach. Into, Into the, the Breach. breach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, so so definitely check that game out. Um, and I think they're even doing they were doing like a launch sale, so that might still be up if you uh, check it out quick. Um, other things that, uh, that I did is I actually, uh, finally got around to, um, do a full rewatch of Escaflone. Oh yeah. Um, it had been on, on my list for a while to, to just kind of go back through that show. Um, there, there are parts of it I remembered very well. Um, cause I, I watched the show when it was on Fox kids, <laughs> uh, as a Saturday morning cartoon, which means it was cut up to crap. <laughs> um, you know, this is when you know Yu-Gi-Oh was on there, and they would censor out the guns <laughs> in that children's card game. Uh, Fox was was kind of notorious for that kind of stuff, um, but uh, Escaflone had always kind of held that a, a special place for me in, in Mecha history because it was. It was the first like fantasy mech show that I saw, mm-hmm. and uh, I gotta say, like, it holds up really well. Well, I gotta uh, think the art an- is animation. Probably... Yeah, yeah, the animation. It's it's very. I think this show came out in two thousand, which means it looks very nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I, I believe it was was it Shoji Kawamori, the guy that did. I think it was. Uh, he did, um, you know, the, he's the guy behind all the Macross yeah. designs. Uh, I'm pretty sure he designed Escaflone. Um, yeah, 
It was created by you. Yeah. And so uh, the, you know, which which makes sense because this is a, a giant fantasy mech that's powered by the heart of a dragon and can transform into one, too. Uh, so he can fly around. <clears throat> but, um, you know, Yoko Kano's doing the music. So it's it's it's, uh, you know, just bombastic and fantastic. Um, and, and also very like, you know, for those somber moments. So, so the thing with the show that's worth noting is it has, you know, two feet straddling this line, but fully, de- you know, stepping into, you know, like a, a fantasy medieval battle, uh, show and setting and this, you know, uh, you know, pretty boy fantasy for girls, <laughs> um, because our, our main character is uh, this girl named Hitomi. She's whisked away from Earth and uh, and finds herself in this, uh, you know, this fantasy realm that's, uh, it kind of fits really well with the fact that I was, I was replaying uh, Legend of Dragoon, which is, uh, I think I mentioned before, kind of you get like power armor, almost like Power Rangers, but all powered by dragons. And um, it, it, they, they kind of have a very similar setting, which is a pseudo Bronze Age uh, medieval kind of feel to it. Everything's uh, kind of slapstick, but I gotta say, like the the mechs in the show have such a great gravity to them, even though they're obviously like run off magic. Uh, there's there's enough like gears and and straps and you know pistons and whatnot to really give it a mechanical feel, um, and. Uh, and yeah, it it holds up really well. I really enjoyed rewatching it. Um, it got a little too it it gets drama at times, but uh, it was it was a fun time. Uh, the movie, if I it's it's been a while since I watched the movie, and I'm pretty sure that one doesn't hold up as well because it didn't at the time anyway. Uh, they try to cram the the events of the show. Well, into a movie, but also make it way more violent and stuff. Oh, that's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say but, that's uh, what uh, all the mobile suit Gundam ones they, when they made the movies, they just crammed everything, and you're like, you're skipping from one part <laughs> to another, and you're like, this doesn't connect. <laughs> it's because they skipped yeah. a few episodes here and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the 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 movie had some some pretty big sized. Uh, tonal problems mm-hmm. but uh the the show definitely uh holds up so if you if you want to check out a fantasy style mecha uh show on you know apart from uh, uh samurai 7 escaflone is is definitely worth checking out cool. and i think with that i've i've ram- rambled about that show plenty of now so uh, <laughs> i think we're gonna move into the Mechbehainer for our main topic for today. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. Now entering the Mechbehainer. All right, so welcome to the Mechbehainer. So this is the part of the show where we do kind of a little roundtable discussion about a, a main topic for the day. And I, I thought, you know, we, we, we've got a big gaming event coming up with Adepticon uh, and... You know, we talk a lot about like the main, the big ones uh, on the show, like BattleTech and whatnot. Uh, and so I, I was thinking, you know, what what great way to uh, get more use out of these, uh, especially the miniatures that we 
uh, kind of have collected and painted and you know hobbied with over the time, uh, than to look at alternate games that are more model agnostic. Uh, you know, games that you can basically bring any model to the table and play with. So I thought that would be a, a fun little topic for us to just kind of go around, mention a couple that we're either familiar with or, or have played, and uh, kind of make some recommendations for games that people might be interested in. So, uh, Pat, do we want to start with you? Sure. Uh, so my first one, I'm bringing back an old one since... Uh... When you uh, put this topic out for discussion, I was thinking, oh, what can I do? And back in the day, back when I was a kid, year, back when I was a kid, back in 2015. <laughs> you were uh, a kid in 2015, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was just, uh, so I think Alpha Strike had just come out. Uh, for Battletech, and it was not the the good version of Alvis Trek at that point still. So we were still looking for means of friends wise that still played uh, we're still playing Battletech the old way. We're, we liked the idea of Alpha Strike, but we didn't like the way the rules were back then. They were a little bit better now. Uh, but then my friend found this thing made by Two Hour War Games. It's called the 5150 series. They have several types of books out, but the the one in particular I'm thinking of is called No Quarter Mecha Combat. And it's just generic rules for mech. Uh, allows you to design your own pilot, where you can make them a grunt or a, what they call a star, like a star pilot. Uh, you can change out your mech. Uh, it talks about how to do it. It's a very simple D6 system. Uh, the, the, the downside to this is the the dice system in itself. It it runs on D6, but it only gives you, counts as 1, 2, 3 is success, and 4, 5, 6 is a fail. So everything you do is 50-50. There's no, no variation in, in, in the thing. That being said, you can also house rule that and kind of change that, you know. Or, uh, and, and it, it does, I guess, take that back. It, it, it does give you a little bit more variation on the amount of success you have because you do roll multiple dice. Uh, uh, but it, it allows you to play either single mech, squad mech, or even battalion-sized battle mechs uh, at, at a very thing. And most of these games are designed to be played in under two hours. Two hours and unders uh, is, is the call. Of, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's which is their namesake. Uh, it's even got solo rules, or you like you design your mech and then you go through the scenarios uh, with a single mech, which is kind of cool. Uh, so this no quarter is very hard to find because as I, as I did more research into it, I found out that they are now releasing a, uh, what I'm going to call an updated version of this game, uh, to Kickstarter. It looks like in June of this year. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Uh, right now they only have the Kickstarter preview page up. If you go to their website and click on the books, it brings you to the preview and so it looks like they're going to kickstart three books called uh, 5150 Star Army, uh, Total War. So Total War is the first book, and it, it gives you infantry squad-based rules, games, and that's in that set. Uh, oh, one of the good things, too, is that it does have a, a background. It's not in-depth 
is like I was, but you do have variety a variety of factions of different aliens. So then different things are available to you for your pilots and for your mechs, uh, depending on what faction you decide you want to play. Uh, so the first book is, like I said, is Star Army Total War. That gives you squad base. Then the next book that you add on to it is called uh, Star Army Total War Mechs and Vehicles. This is where you get to add mechs, tanks, and everything to your squad base games, uh, which I, I'm finding very interesting. It looks like there's going to be 140... Uh, there's going to be about 50 tanks and mechs for stats, it looks like. Uh, since we're talking, this game is designed to be, these games are also designed to be played with either chit counters or figs, depending on how you do it, uh, which is really, so if you don't even have cardboard, you can make little chips. That, uh, it looks like in the Kickstarter, you're going to get a cardboard cutout of chips, so you can play it in chips. Nice. Yeah, I see, I do uh, see, uh, on Drive You Through RPG, they have 5150, the original. I don't know if that has all the mech stuff in it, but, uh. And they then they have some previews for the new stuff coming out, which is cool. Uh, no, they 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 do a whole bunch of slew of different like fantasy rules. Uh, so the mech specific one was no quarter. Yeah. Uh, the other ones were so that one was kind of hard to find. Uh, there is a free download somewhere out there that you should be able to get it from if you look hard enough. <laughs> uh, but the third book, the third book in the Kickstarter is going to be called, uh, of course, Total War Star Navy, and then that adds. Uh, space and aerial combat to it so it's like a, a little bit of army mech and uh planes in in this one kickstarter set uh i'm gonna book i'm gonna keep it um and uh i might actually kickstart it yeah for sure That's yeah cool. <laughs> because i'm looking at it for talking books. about it's got you interested in it's like you know what might as well do it do it live yeah, I mean, just the books themselves would be nice to have. It's forty-five bucks for the three books, or fifty bucks in print. Not until uh, it's not coming out until June, though. You said the Kickstarter. Yes, that's what it looks like on the website. Uh, so, uh, because you get the project the project draft link from their website, um, but it's a nice little set of rules. It does make the game go fast. Uh, I do like the fact that you can play different factions, get different racial abilities. Uh, there is a way to cheat death in the game, but then you lose reputation points. Uh, and the more rep you have, the more things you can do. So that's uh, kind of linked in that sense. There is electronic warfare involved. Uh, oh, nice. So it's, it's a little more complicated than you would think for a two-hour game, but it's nice. Uh, it's a nice little set of rules. I'm glad that uh, we, you were able to remind me that I had this sitting around on, on my hard drive. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but that's what I got. So keep an eye out for fifty one fifty total war the three book kickstarters. Uh, if you want to get a quick look at it uh, or an early look at it, uh, there's no quarter. Look for fifty one no quarter, fifty one fifty no quarter. Mecha combat is the, is the book is the PDF. Gotcha. All uh, right, Rob. You want to go next? Sure. My uh, first one I'm going to talk about is called Mecha Hex. Uh, it's a uh, it's based on Warfleet's FTL, the uh, one page rules. It's uh, made by Mark Bell. He uh, posted it on the Facebook page for the uh, one page rules, and it's he just modified Warfleet's to use mechs, and he's uh, changing it up as he goes. But one page rules, the whole thing of it is literally one page. So it's you get one page of all the so it's super simple, 
easy to learn. It's all about uh, getting on the on the board and playing your things out. And uh, it's, yeah, super simple uh, gameplay. Uh, three by two it's played on. Five to ten uh, pieces of terrain. And then you hmm. can use hexes if you want to. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, Real cool that I like one page rules because I hate rules and one page rules are <laughs> the way to get around it. They do a uh, they do a grim dark one for obviously for forty k. FT uh, Warfleet's FTL is a uh, uh, spaceship combat game. So mm-hmm. the, if you go to that, I, I really suggest joining the that group, the uh, OPR group, because it's just amazing yeah. all the different uh, options they have out there. And I think generally they're. I don't know. Most of them, I think, are free. But if they're not free, they're cheap. Like they're yeah, they're they're predominantly they. You can get basic the very basic rules like of how to play uh, for free, and then I think they they have paid ones that that offer like greater depth as far as like uh, different like forces and and armies and stuff will have a bit more like their own little set of rules for each one. Um, but no, they they got a lot of great stuff on there and. And they've even started uh, doing 3D models. They they've been doing uh, STLs um, these days for the the forces that they've created for their miniature agnostic game, which is just kind of fun. Just to uh, give options for people who don't have that, stuff. especially for like warfleets, it's hard to find spaceships really. So it's it's good mm-hmm. to get that kind of stuff. Everybody has mechs laying around. So, but yes, mecha <laughs> hex. True. It's uh yeah. <clears throat> if you're into OPR, if you're into warfleets, this would be super easy for you to get into. But like I say, it's one page, one page, and then there's army creation as a second page, and then uh, on that it's just uh, sheets for keeping track of things. So it's literally three pages for the whole book. And uh, I'll put a link to the uh, where to download it in the show notes, so you can uh, check it out yourselves. And that's it, Brian. What what you got mm-hmm. up on there? So the the first one that kind of came to mind uh, when when I started uh, picking this topic. Uh, was uh, I, I'd been starting to get into a lot of Osprey Games uh, catalog um, with with a couple of the other uh, games that they have, but one of their big things commonly is that they're typically miniature agnostic uh, with their rule sets. And there's one that uh, popped out right away when when you started searching for that, and it's one called uh, Gamma Wolves. Uh, it's like a post-apocalyptic mecha warfare game. Um, haven't had a chance to play this one myself yet, but it does sound really, uh, really fascinating. You have kind of different levels of uh, mech frames as they were light, medium, and heavy. Uh, I think it has, um, some like really basic line of sight stuff. You have different pilot stats also kind of factor in, uh, one thing that, that kind of uh, popped out to me is that they do like a 3d6 test system, just like uh, Dreadball. Uh, which which I'm a fan of. Uh, I love I love uh, I love that style of of tests uh, and and adding subtracting dice as far as modifiers go. I I just love that that style of gaming. Um, and so so this is kind of their uh, game that's kind of centered. It kind of has that feel. Looks like it's uh, kind of based around that infinity scale. Uh, but they did have a number of of uh, trying to remember the base sizes, uh, it did kind of go run the gambit as far as like um, I think the, even the medium size was like around seventy millimeters, and I think the the large ones were even bigger. Um, 
into the the hundreds of millimeters. But uh, but yeah, I think it's definitely worth uh, checking out. They have, uh, I think they have like a little introduction, uh, like PDF, just to kind of take a look at it. Uh, it doesn't have any of the the stats per se, uh, but it seems like it's a pretty straightforward uh, set of rules as far as like, okay, here's here's your front arc. Um, you know, this is where you can target stuff and kind of go from there. So I think it'd be a really fun way to, uh, to, you know, take out some of your other, uh, mechs, maybe even combine different, uh, scales in fun ways. Um, cause I think they said like the light side is, is to represent like people in, in power suits, uh, medium size, you know, would be a little bit, a little bit bigger. And then obviously the biggest, uh, ones are, are the big heavy mechs. So, uh, definitely sounds like a fun system. Osprey games uh, make a lot of different stuff, um, but the the ones I've I've checked out so far, uh, like the the Frostgrave, the Stargrave, and things like that, have been a lot of fun. Um, and so that's definitely one uh, I think people will be looking into. So uh, I think we'll turn it on back to uh, Pat. Do you have a second one? I do, and uh, we talked about this briefly at. Uh the beginning of the show, and uh, I will bring back up Becca Hack. Uh, I tend to lump this more as an RPG game in myself, but uh, the rules and everything set up that you can't actually play with just using mechs on You can actually make it a mech battle game uh, in some sorts, because you do get the tests, you get a pilot uh, skills and weaponry, uh, and it works. It works out really well. It's very easy. It tells you how many squares. It, this would be a grid-based game, of course, because it's all based on grids, uh, distances, and everything. Uh, it work. It would work really well in a squad type thing because uh, there are some powers that, that are there to help other mechs, rather than like a medic mech in, in a sense, um, like Ratchet. Yeah, like Ratchet in a sense. Uh, I can't even remember what type of mech that was. Um, but the the good thing about any of the, these hacks is that they're they're there to be simple and fast and, and things like that. So uh, it's just another one. I mean, this one I would probably rate as the easiest and the most simplest of them all. So if you're looking for a little bit more, what's the word, a little more substance, mecha hack is probably not what you want. Uh, but if you have just some mechs, you, have, you know, you have an hour, a little bit, uh, you guys don't know what you want to do, you want to play a mech game, but you can't decide what it is, uh, you can throw a little dice and play a little mecha hack in, in a sense, in a, in a, in a battle sense, that, like that. Um, yeah. But because I played, it, I played it in such a role-playing deal, it feels more like a role-playing game than it does just a straight-up mech game. Yeah, we yeah. played it on uh, Roll20, which... Uh, so you still had the uh, things on the roll twenty, the uh, the chits or whatever on from above, kind of. But you could definitely play it on a board easy enough. It would be yes, it, and it was still like there were still a lot of options for movement and de- all the special abilities you have. Like it, it still added uh, some depth to it. So it was, it was, I would say it's 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 pretty good for that kind of thing. Like it, it uh, is a nice combat system in an RPG, especially because it doesn't get in your yes. way really. 100%. Very cool. What's next on uh, your list, Rob? Uh, my next on my list is uh, Weasel Tech by Ivan Sorensen, the same designer who did Five Parsecs from Home. 
a famous solo game. This is also a solo game. Uh, it's still in development, really. You can uh, get the uh, DriveThruRPG. It does have the book you can buy, which I did. And uh, he's updating it all the time, adding little things in here and there. But it, it really is a campaign system to uh, in, a, in a mech kind of world and to uh, play through. Uh, Brian, you have a lot of experience with Pi- 5 Parsecs from home, right? You played that quite a bit? Yeah, I've, I've played it uh, a handful of times. Uh, I like kind of have a good understanding of, of how the system works. Um, just haven't, haven't like taken the time to actually play a, a, a very long campaign, but, uh, but it is fun. Um, lots of, lots of tables and rolling dice. Yeah. It's Cause it's all solo play. So, but it's, uh, yeah. this one is, uh, he says it's more of, it's not so much battle tech. It's more Macross, full metal panic Gundam kind of high octane warfare. So you're, you're doing a lot of, uh, crazy moves and stuff like that in this it's it's uh it's a lot more anime style so they do have uh it's all about solo campaigns and then yeah for the miniatures he says anything six to ten millimeter scale with 15 millimeter uh terrain so that that's right in the uh uh, battletech kind of area so yeah it says battletech cav heavy gear uh kids logic robotech like any of those can be used for this game so it's it's uh it's built right into the game that you you're using you're using uh, the the uh, miniatures from any game you want. So, and I'm sure if you wanted to play bigger scale or smaller scale, I'm sure you just have to change some numbers here and there. And he also Very says, cool. yeah, you can replace the uh, mechs with tanks or acid spitting, spitting alien creatures or anything else. It's uh, the rules <laughs> work. That's all it is. But uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I I like the idea of the. Uh, solo game because you know you don't always have someone to play with so it is fun yeah. to uh and go through and like to to speak like from five parsecs like uh it, it is as even though it's you're kind of just rolling on on these tables to like uh determine like your scenario and stuff it it does become very easy to kind of craft the narrative around it's like okay so we we went to this place and we Got connected with this guy, and he got us a job to do this thing. Like it, it has a, it has a really solid flow to it uh, that suits uh, that kind of narrative play on top of you know just the the actual like solo play. So that random generation uh, kind of has a really fun feel to it. Uh, as we say on Dragon's Tome, our Dragon Magazine, everybody loves rolling on tables. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. true. The more tables, the better. Good. <laughs> I love a good t- I love a good table. Random generation is uh it's always fun. Cool. Alrighty. Well for for my my next one uh is a, another uh kind of solo centric game that uh that, that came up uh when 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 the, the quarantine stuff kind of first came down. Uh this was actually one of the first ones that popped onto my radar. I think this was before the latest five parsecs edition had come out uh, is this game called exploit zero. Now it had, I'm trying to remember it had a, it used to have a different name. Hardwired. Uh, hardwired. Yeah. Yeah. I have that and book then, somewhere here too. It's, it must be a collector's item now. I have the hardwired version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that paperback copy of the. Yeah. Um, and it's expansion too. I have both. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so Exploit Zero is, is the the current name of it uh, from Patrick Tordoff. Uh This was Todorov, 
Uh, <laughs> and so this was a, a uh, the premise behind this game is basically you play as a group of uh, like a, a little group of either shadow runners or just hacking, you know, a little cyberpunk team uh, that are, are trying to complete an objective. Um, whether that's like, uh, you know, capture uh, data and, and get it out of there or, or, you know, infiltrate a, a base or something like that. I think the, the starting mission is even like escort uh, a VIP out of the hot zone kind of thing. And, uh, it's a it's a really fun game because it, it works in uh, a kind of fun like push your luck style of dice mechanics. Uh, basically, you get I think it's four dice. Uh, I, I don't have the book in front of me. I really should have <laughs> uh, gotten it out here. Um, but you have a number of dice that that are are different sides. Uh, so it's like a d6, a d8, a d10. I think it's a d4 is the other one. Uh, or it might be a D12. Uh, I forget the gambit that it runs. But um, the the premise is like you have uh, there's a, a a good action economy with it is that you use your dice to perform kind of extra actions, uh, and that can actually be moving. So you get like one move that's so many inches, and it's like okay, well I need to move again. Uh, and to in order to do that, I have to use a dice, and I have to get a specific number. Um, and so you 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 kind of like okay, well, I kind of plan out my move. I got to move twice, and then I got to shoot that guy, and I got to hope I take him out, uh, and then I'll you know move again or do another action. And so you use this dice pool, which is like okay, well, I need that one to work, so I'm going to give that one the most sides of dice. Uh, this one, it's okay if I don't get it, so that that gets the D6 or something like that. So you really kind of have this fun uh, weighing and balancing of uh, your dice pool uh, as as your actions, as it were. And so it's always fun where it's like, I, I just I just need to move again, and you roll, and it's like, oh, I fail. Well, I've now burned that action, and I have fewer dice left, but I still have these objectives to get. Um, and then on top of that, this is kind of where it comes into the, the mech situation, is that it has a an escalation of difficulty uh, where where the enemies you start out fighting are, are just kind of grunts. They all come with like one action, like a move and a one action. Um, and so they're pretty easy to kind of counter and, and take down. Um, but as as you take longer, stronger opponents start showing up. Right, and so eventually you got guys that that come in. They have two actions. Uh, then you get guys that are that are on par with your heroes, are kind of the final um, big bads that show up to fight you. And so I, I'm playing this all with dead zone minis. Uh, and so you know by the end I've got big old peacekeeper power armors and and striders and stuff showing up to fight our heroes as they're trying to escape and not die. Um, but it, it, it's it's a really fun. It's a light game like the whole idea is that it's a you can uh do no prep work for people just kind of give them their their sheet their character sheet and it's like okay everything you need to know is on here let's start playing um and uh and yeah so definitely check it out there's two expansions for it um one is uh an expansion that just kind of adds more stuff uh kind of on top of that original layer and then there's uh the the third 
second expansion, third book, is actually player versus player, um, as opposed to player versus the NPCs. So that's a lot of fun stuff. Um, definitely, definitely check that out. It's a, uh, I think that one's only on Amazon. Oh, they do have a uh, War Game Vault has it as PDF, um, but otherwise it's available on paperback on Amazon. So uh, check it out. It's a fun one. It's a, it's definitely a, a blast. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, I think we might have time. Do we want to do one more? Sure. Uh, just between I'm, all of us? I I'm think tapped that, out. Yeah, Rob, you, you had one that's, I think, worth, worth mentioning here. Well, this is a little self-serving, but uh, it's a little something <laughs> called Mech Zone. Um, yeah. It's based on Dead Zone, but uh, originally this game, we played it. The very first Depticon we went to, uh, Johnny uh, uh, Pelletus. Is that how you say his last name, Pat? Uh, yeah, Pelletus. Uh, he... Yeah, JP, he uh, he created this uh, kind of like just a beer and pretzels game to use the mechs from uh, Battletech, or from Battletech, from Dead Zone in a giant game. I don't know how many people were at the table. It was huge. And uh, But V1 Dead Zone, which it was based on, was terrible for the mech fights because everybody only had one hit point. Like, later on, size mattered to, to hit points in Dead Zone, but V1 Dead Zone was it really didn't work. But... Uh, it was then modified by Pat and Brian Wade, and it was a little better. And then Jack Fike and I jumped on it for Depticon, what, three years ago now, I guess. And we did a 3.0 yeah. version. It's called Midnight Mech Zone now. We, we added a whole storyline to the back end, and it's based on Dead Zone 2.0, so it's a little behind the times now because Dead Zone is a 3.0 out, but it still works great. So it was originally made for mm-hmm. uh, for Dead Zone Striders and other walkers in the game, but really it's miniature agnostic because we modified the hell out of those minis so much that they were basically kit bashed them. So it doesn't really matter what what mechs you use. It's uh, the, the creativity behind like what we did for kit bashing was so much fun. Uh, that I, I won't lie, like that's what inspired me to do like my Gundam mechs is seeing those those modifications you guys made. Yeah, we, we just went crazy and just tried to uh, make it as different as we could for each of the mechs. And uh, now I think we should update it and make it so you can build your own. Maybe we have to build make some uh, 3.5 with some uh, mech uh, creation tools. But uh, yeah, the full game, we, only, we had like a little preview up on the uh, website on our Facebook, but I'll have a link to the full game. We're going to have... Uh, We'll put that out there for everybody to play and to try out. Like I say, you can. Uh, it's, it's the miniatures are 28 millimeter in the original game, but you can really make it for any any size, and uh, just WYSIWYG the weapons and uh, use whatever miniatures you want. So check it out. It also has a great ad to Dead Zone the podcast, which is uh, now Brian's podcast. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but it was uh, fun. No, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, for 3.0, we made it for a smaller group because the original game was, I swear, it was like 15 people and it took forever. We went like all night <laughs> playing that game. I remember that's that the first, that first time I met Coach and his son Andrew. And Andrew, uh, he was 12 at the time, I think, and just started yeah. oh, wow. trash talking the hell out of me. And it was like, what this little kid trash talking me? L- little did I know that we'd uh, we'd all become good friends. But it was just pretty funny. That's the, that's the first year that we all met, right? Yeah, that was for well, we knew each other, but it was the first year we met in public, yeah, in person. Yep. Yeah. What year, what year was that? Do you remember? I don't. That was a long time ago. This predates me. I was not there. <laughs> no, Brian, you were not there. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, 
fun times. A fun time was had by all. And uh, I think the new version, it's a little more streamlined. It forces people to fight. It's uh, And not just hide. Because that was a lot of things with people would just hide out. This one, there's like moving walls. Because it is an arena game now. So people, it moves walls to push mechs together. So they, they force them to uh, get into combat. And it, it was, uh, we demoed it at the Adepticon, like I say, about three years ago, and it worked really well. And it pretty much dead zone, the beauty of dead zone, it runs itself. You don't, you, it, uh, you don't need a game master. I was a game master for it, but I, I was so sick at the time that I was barely there. And it still, everybody <laughs> had a great time because I was, I was so out of my head at that point. <laughs> I was deathly <laughs> ill. And, uh, before, before the plague, this was, uh, my own personal, uh, uh, Omnicron. Kind of crud. <laughs> so, uh, own personal plague. Yeah. So what I'm hearing was, is, is Rob was patient zero. <laughs> could have been. This was COVID. Uh, this was COVID seventeen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was 2017, wasn't it? Or 20? No, it would have been 20. When was the last Adepticon? 2019. Yeah. 2019. No, 2019 yeah. was canceled. 20, 2018, I think it was. So it would have been 2018. But yeah, fun times, and uh, hopefully everybody will try it out and play it. Like I say, all you need is a gridded map, board, and uh, and your own miniatures. So, try out Mech Zone. Brian, yeah. do you have another one? Um, I think uh, for for time's sake, I'm just going to give honorable mention to Lancer, uh, which is a a fun uh, game that popped up on our radar a while back. Uh, it's a common. It is a bit more of like an RPG. Uh, they kind of have a, a solid split between uh, narrative play and, and mech combat, but that's it's very much the focus of of the game is is that combination of the two. Uh, so definitely definitely check that one out. I believe that one's up on uh, Drive Through, and uh, I think I got it off of uh, Itch. Um, yeah, Itch.io as well. So. Yeah. Um, Really, really fun. Like the the art and everything in the book is really creative. So it's it's, you know, it's it's a lot of the mechs like you'd see. And um, if you guys remember um, Love, Death, and Robots, like the the mech uh, segments in there, kind of have that feel of of you know very frontier esque um, mech uh, management, as it were. So these things look worn and rough. Um, but then there's also some really nice, uh, high end sleek looking things. So they, they run the gamut. And so it's, it's very open to, you know, bringing your own Mac. Um, yeah, back to but with starter, that, yeah, it's, I have the hardback yeah. of Lancer up on my shelf up here. Once again, barely oh, nice. touched it, but, uh, it, it, the art was, <laughs> yeah, it's really like crazy, like alternative art looking for all this stuff. We're really different from everything else, which is nice. Yeah. It was a very visually striking uh game yeah and um and yeah so like i'm just uh scanning through it now and there's like a person that has like a hologram for a head like some really creative stuff um but yeah definitely check that one out and if you guys have any uh games that you like to play that you know you take mechs from from other systems and and combine into something else and have a really fun uh, miniature agnostic game that you want to share with you post it in the the facebook group or any other uh social media that we we find ourselves on and um and yeah so with that i think we're going to hit up the exfil let's exfil out of here and so welcome to the exfil where we we say our farewells for now and uh wish everyone a very safe 
and and happy time. Uh, hopefully, we're going to wish me a happy birthday. Happy birthday to Pat. Um, and, and also, uh, by the time before the next episode comes out, uh, we'll probably have gone to Adepticon. So, uh, Unfortunately, I don't definitely... have going, but... Uh... Oh, sad day. But I understand. <laughs> but you guys, you have um, a good time. And if anybody uh, wants to go say hi to these guys, they'll be in the Mantic areas. So just go go bother people yes. in Mantic areas and ask for Brian and Pat and, and poke at them. <laughs> yes. Okay. We, we will be... We will okay. be tired. Okay, with sticks. Here you go. <laughs> now I'm remembering my my anime convention days, and one of them would sell "Is my roommate dead?" sticks, which yeah. is basically just a little dowel rod that you could poke people with. That's all. That's what we need you for. <laughs> for you, I mean, you you sleep in some kind of trans transdimensional pocket. Yeah. You did, well, you couldn't <laughs> poke him because he's not there. So that's right. Sleep in my hat. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so if, if you find yourself at Adepticon, you know, come say hi. Uh, we're going to have all sorts of demos and games going on uh, throughout the, the whole weekend. There's Dead Zone. There's Dreadball. Um, there's War. Kings of Wars is huge. There's tons, tons of giants in that. So uh, if you want your fantasy fix of, of giant critters, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, and Overdrive, where you have the giants of Dreadball uh, slamming into one another. So, should be a fun time. We will be exhausted. <laughs> 100% true. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, uh, have a good night, everybody. I've been Brian. I've been Chubber. I'm Rob. You're Brob? <laughs> yeah, it did sound like you said Brob. <laughs> Rob. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I, I Maybe we're just tired. Rob. It's, it's, it's <laughs> pretty like, kind of tired. It's like a, a combination of bro and Rob. I'm Rob, bro. bro. I'm a bro. He's just trying to move up the alphabetical list. He's trying to get ahead of you, Pat. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I get it. I see it now. I see it. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good boy. This has been Mobile Armor Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at MArmorRadio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, MobileArmorRadio.podbean.com. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion.